I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Cold Open Question of the Week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? We're going to keep it simple. Yeah. Would you rather wrestle for 10 minutes with a broken arm or get ah. Tiger Driver 91'd? Damn. That's a that's a hell of a question. That's a hell of a question. Uh, I won't like any type of broken limbs. So am I take? I think I'm taking the Tiger Driver 91. Jesus Christ. What a, what a terrible, terrible landing there. As long as Will Ospreay isn't doing it. I think I'll take a I'll take a Tiger Driver ninety one over a broken arm. That was the way it was supposed to go. That's a Tiger Driver ninety one. I, I mean, know, I know, but man, I uh, uh, nobody should be taking. I, I don't want to sound like the old fart in the room at all, but yeah, I just still get cringy over head, neck, pile drivers, unprotected sort of. I gotta, yeah, I gotta go Tiger. Uh, if, if I had a broken arm, if I thought I might have a broken arm, I would just be screaming. I would be like, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think I'd just be walking around. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're also not a maniac like Brian Danielson too. So that's that's true. That's another thing. Never <laughs> claimed to be. Well, okay, we got a lot of forbidden door to talk. Let's start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to you are listening to the you're listening, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? All right, man. How about yourself, bro? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's Monday morning. It is Monday. Uh, it's a rainy Monday if you're on the East Coast. It is. It yeah. is. It's been a rainy couple of days. Oh. Um, uh, this is God reacting to Brian Danielson's broken arm. <laughs> Sue producer Brian Waters uh, is here he, too. He, Brian, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's been a good weekend. I would have said. I would have said this is uh, God trying to get his heat back off of Miro after he announced <laughs> <laughs> with that. Ra- <laughs> But that's better. Um, it was better. Yeah. There was an old, I, I forgot who it was. I was listening years ago, listening to uh, some NBA, some, you know, long retired NBA player or coach or something who was working with the younger players and giving them advice. Okay. And it was something to the effect of like to keep the kids from partying all night long or whatever. It was like, don't, don't go with the wind. Right. It's like, and I remember the, the, the his, his real kicker line was, you know, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. You hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a long, long standing colloquialism. Colloquialism? Uh, that's a word. You start, <laughs> you, you begin to wonder if the wrestling corollary should just be like, nothing good happens after 11 p.m. or 11, or, or maybe we can go 12. Maybe you say 11 15, 11 30, something yeah. like that. But nothing good happens after that point. The crowd's dead. 
People seem to get injured. Weird, weird, weird stuff happen. I, it, the lesson is don't book with the wind, I think. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah, they, you're, it, there's a certain time of night where you just got to be like, I'm better off on the couch. <laughs> they, there's, there's, a, there's a certain portion of this uh, audience that's going to fill me on this next statement. Um, the BET Awards and Forbidden Door were on literally at the same time. Mm-hmm. And at both times, I found myself saying, how is this show still coming? <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever catch yourself comparing a show to the BET Awards and its length, you know you have a pretty long damn show. But I, I will say the two, the there was a lot of there was a lot of great stuff on Forbidden Door, and I had to go back and watch afterwards because I, I did I did the first half all Forbidden Door. And then, like, once the good stuff started happening, then the good stuff started happening on the BET Awards. So I was jumping back and forth. So I was like, all right, man, damn. Uh freaking Buster Rhymes came out, gave this great speech. I was like, all right, I will go back and watch Danielson Okada in its entirety after this Buster Rhymes speech. <laughs> and then was that the put, highlight? I mean, he had he had a he had a great speech, but then he had like he, he was the lifetime achievement award winner, right? So mm-hmm. he came out and you know, shout out Spliff Star, the greatest hype man uh in, in history, which I said yesterday on Twitter, he needs his own wing in the hype man, the homie hall of fame and the hype man hall of fame. I think Paul Heyman's in there too. I think uh, you got to put Bobby the Brain here in. But Spliff Star is like the Bobby the Brain to Buster Rhymes's, uh, you know, Heenan family. But in any case, it was happening so fast and so long. And obviously nobody has any sort of care for time at that point uh, that I I just told myself after a point, I'm not going to give these matches the prior and proper, uh, you know, the prior attention, they deserve. attention that they deserve. So I just watched it at night. Yeah. What was what was the Omega Osprey of the BET Awards? Was the, that- I would say okay. I, I would say the Omega Osprey of the BET Awards. So I, I'll just say the moment that I, I, I'll I leave talking about man. I would say the the Offset and Quavo reunion was that okay. for me. Yeah, like I think that was. That was pretty big. Even though all the great hip hop fifty performances were amazing, the one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna leave talking about is man, Amigos, the 2010s, all those hits, those classic records. I can't believe Takeoff isn't here anymore. But it was still great to see those two back together. But uh, and it was a classic moment, just like Osprey and Omega had a classic match. I'll say absolutely best. I mean, yeah. one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Facts about bar none. Bar My, none. I, and I will say the 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 Okada Danielson match was really good too. It was just it felt brief. I think it, I think that the injury obviously played into the way that now you think about the match, right? Because you're watching the match and you're just like, why is he faking a seizure? This is weird. Now why is he holding his arm? Is that another fake? Like this is weird. And then the ending was surprising. Who knows if that was how it was supposed to go? And now we're all going to read this back into it. Who, who knows? I'm sure more of that will come out in coming days. But he did, in fact, break his arm at like the 10-minute mark, yep. um, according to him, according to Danielson himself. So it'll be out six to eight weeks is what he was Yeah, it's the expectation. Okay. Um, so presum- presumably not going to be a blood and guts, but uh, that's sort of secondary here. Um, and uh, it, yeah, I mean, it was... Listen, if that match had been... 10 minutes longer and had ended the same way and didn't have the injury afterwards. And you would just be, I mean, I think that, I think that the shocking ending would have felt like a positive or at least felt, you know, it would have been so intriguing. It would have worked out as a positive. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But anyway, let's talk. We we can talk about whatever. I mean, I, I but I think that we should really. I think we should start off with Osprey Omega because oh, what yeah. a match. Um, you know, CM Punk wrestled early in the night. MJF and CM Punk both working heel. MJF opened the show. CM Punk's match was next. I made a note when I was watching CM Punk just because of the way the Canadian crowd hated him. That there's a lot of parallels here, but this is like '97 HBK. Like this is like peak. Peak mm-hmm. HBK, and then the, the all of this is to say, Osprey just stole that crown by like wiping him, <laughs> himself with the Canadian flag during the match. Um, uh, it was a really, really, just unbelievably incredible match. Um, you could take any five minute section of that match and show it to somebody and say, "Oh, let me show you the greatest the greatest five minutes in wrestling history." You know, <laughs> and it, and it probably and it, and no one would have like blinked an eye. Yeah. Um the well up top, I'll just say if there's a complaint, it's that that I saw online that you I'm sure people listening to this probably felt is that it was maybe too much about Don Callis. You know, there's there's the there's the kayfabe technicality that he got kicked out of ringside and then returned from the back and the referee seemed to be okay with it, which is I'm, I don't usually spend too much time with those. I think that the broader complaint, I do think he probably should have disappeared after the screwdriver spot because what's right. the point? But the broader complaint that it was too much about Don Callis, okay, okay. But he was also the sort of tool to letting them structure a different kind of match, right? Or have a different sort of story to- story told. You know, it's like, it's the same reason you put stipulations on matches and everything else. Um, I don't know. What was your, what was your overall vibe of the match and also the, the, the level of callous? Yeah, I, w- I would say, uh, there was definitely the thing that I, I went into this match, uh, thinking about too much was how are they going to top Wrestle Kingdom, right? Like, what do you do, mm-hmm. um, as far as, and it's not even just Wrestle Kingdom. How do you top all the matches they've already had in the past? Because they, they've had the, I respect you, you respect me match. They've had the match where, you know, Kenny sort of metaphorically passed the torch to him already. And then they had the match when Kenny was sort of the big bad and, and Will Ospreay sort of went down this downward spiral after a loss and needed that sort of uh, redemption arc. And um, I guess a funny thing happened on the way to that story because the whole Don Callis thing sort of pops off and, you know, that becomes a big sort of, um, you know, uh, a storytelling vehicle in this in this matchup. And I, I didn't hate it too much. Um, I, I did think the ending could have been, uh, you know, I, I think... So the screwdriver thing, right? Like that's going to be the whole tie that binds, you know, for, you know, the elite and callous and this match now and all that. So I'm glad that that wasn't like the deciding factor in the match, right? Like I think that was still like the saving grace. But I just believe, you know, there was a time and, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to say something a little controversial, right? Where... I'm almost at the point where I was almost at the point where I think certain matches are starting to become just because I don't have a term for it. Meltzer bait, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like like there's certain matches where I'm just like, okay, this is the match where they're going to definitely try and get six stars, seven stars, eight stars. So to properly get those matches or get those type of ratings, you have to do things that bait in the people that know why these certain matches got that. And I think the moment that happened was the screwdriver into Will Ospreay hitting the one-winged angel and Kenny Omega kicking out at one. Like, that was the resuscitation that the crowd needed 
Because you could felt you could feel when the Don Callis of it all was starting to oversaturate the match, mm-hmm. and then the screwdriver comes in playing into the betrayal or whatever, and you know Will Osprey, who's been trying to hit Kenny Omega with the one winged angel for I think the past three or four times they've matched up with each other, he finally hits it, and everybody, you know, nobody kicks out of the one winged angel, nobody kicks out. So him kicking out at one. Yeah. was like the fucking jolt that crowd needed. So I was like, oh, okay, now they're going to take it up to another level. So as far as in-ring work, as far as chemistry, as far as telling story, as far as um, te- uh, just sort of circling back all the stuff that you loved about their previous matchups, I think it, it lived up to everything that you can expect coming out of it. But it still leaves the door open for Wembley Stadium. Still leaves the door oh. open for All In. And I think that's what... I came out of this match uh, the most, right? Like, I'm like, okay. One more time? They, they got to have the rubber match now, right? Like, yeah. it's, it, they're one apiece this year. They got a stadium to sell out. They've the, if, if you need a trailer, if you need a preview for what you could expect at a, at a, at a 60,000 seat UK venue in, in, in the United Kingdom, all you got to do is show me that match and say, hey, they're running it back third time, winner take all. Let's up the stakes. How do we up the stakes? Do we make it a title for title? Do we get a title on Kenny? Do we have Osprey coming with the U.S. title and do it again? Is Callis banned from... Like, now there's a reason, because of all this extra shit, to step it up a notch and do a third match at at All In. How do you step it up a notch from that? It's just so... I mean, they can do it. I trust that they can do it. I almost feel terrible that we're, we're still asking Kenny Omega to, like, Put, and and Will Osprey now for that matter to put their bodies through like these matches that are clearly taking years off of their career. That well, they've, they've said they've 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 went and they've said in great detail just how much of the crazy athletic shit that they've done in their past years they literally cannot do anymore. And then every time they do that, they go out and have like the best match you've ever seen. Right oh after that. God, I mean so, it's nuts, man. It was like yeah. uh, what Osprey like pounded Kenny's head into the oblivion on the announce table, bloodied him up. There was, I mean, so many big spots that like one million flip yeah. from the top rope to the floor, uh, the screwdriver to the head. No, that was somehow not the worst thing that happened. That. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 ripcord elbow which was there at the, towards the end that was just absolutely vicious um but that tiger driver 91 man yeah, i've said yeah. i've told this on the podcast before but one time i was i was um uh talking to chris hero who is now apparently producing hopefully still producing for a lovely AEW, lovely see? man chris hero chris is always my the guy i would go to for just like just nuts and bolts questions mm-hmm. about the world of pro wrestling. And I was just like, how? This is years ago. I was just like, well, how do these Japanese wrestlers bump onto their head? Like, how does that even happen? And he explained, he was just like, the whole basis of the, like the, the, like the ABCs of, you know, wrestling school are like doing bridges, you know, on your head, not on your hand, not on your hands or shoulders, whatever. It's like, it's all neck strength workouts. You know, there's, it's like the core. And so they're all mm-hmm. just like, they're just That's built they different. That's the most biggest trap net combinations. Yeah. You see uh, Tanaka, you see even Sonata, all these like oh, new guys that come crazy. up that just have just no neck, just traps and jaw. <laughs> I mean, so I guess that tracks. I can see that. But it's but even so, you can't just see somebody drop. I mean, and again, that is how the move goes, right? You put a bit, maybe you put them down a little bit more lightly. Uh, maybe you, you have the arms are free or the the legs can bump, take the bump a little bit. I mean, it's it, but that move is 
I love, how, I love how Chris's very scientific explanation on how to bump on your head is, well, just make your head in your neck strong. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you can bump on your head and neck. It's like, okay. Oh, it's insane. Um, I mean, if you sit down, if, if you watch Japanese wrestling for the first time, you know, yeah. you just like go in. That's, I mean, that was, that's your, that's your takeaway. It's just like what yeah. uh, they're doing. They do. There's like a handful of bumps just like American wrestlers don't take. It's very yeah. strange. It's, it's, it's kind of jarring when you start honing in on it. But um, I know, but just to go to your point, it was the mo. It, the match was. You said they keep putting themselves through this. I mean, they upped the stakes within the match like ten times. You know, I mean, it was absolutely nuts. You're right about. You mentioned that the the pin coming out of the one wing and angel that was just they got the one count. The crowd went nuts after that. And the only other thing, I mean, the, there was the other pin too, where I think it was after a stormbreaker where Kenny got his leg on the rope, but the right at the millisecond before the three count that was just that. I mean. I don't want to overstate it, but I will. That was art. Go back and watch that. Yeah. That wasn't like one like he's you he's waiting for the count and he just like shoots his leg on top of the rope. It was like he had the whole thing timed out from the moment he was in the, you know, but from the moment he was like setting up for the move. It yeah. was just one continuous motion to get his toe over the top rope at the last possible millisecond. Uh, it it was just absolutely incredible. Um there is, there's just, there's nothing you can say about this match. There's not, there, it was, it was so incredible. I, I loved that it felt more like a fight than previous Osprey Omega matches, right? Like, I think there's definitely moments within their previous matches where they just get into, oh, it's a hockey fight now. Like the good old fashioned, like, you know, hockey punches where they're just kind of going at each other and the crowd goes nuts or whatever. But I feel like, Almost, and I'm just guesstimating a number here because I'm no mathematician, but I would say like a good 60% of that match felt more just about physicality mm-hmm. and not just about look at these cool moves, look at this insane athleticism. It was just straight up, I hate you. And I'm just going to beat your head into this table or I hate you. I'm going to stab you with the screwdriver or... I hate you. I'm going to drop you on your neck. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just about the brutality of it. And I think this is why I, 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 I like this match more than the Wrestle Kingdom match and, and a lot of their previous matches. I think there were almost mirror images of each other for a while. And this was, and thankfully because of AEW and, you know, no, you know, to be completely honest, that thankfully that I don't have to stay up until all hours of the night to watch New Japan wrestling. AEW can help forward these stories more, so moves within the match mean more. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So, and I, I, I don't speak Japanese, so <laughs> a lot of times, and and I don't stay up late to watch New Japan anymore. Ever since the, like the elite and everybody sort of left, so anything I catch is from sort of secondhand knowledge. Yeah. There was, you know, people always ask when they have these matches, like how they call on the fly, right? How do you communicate in the ring? Like, do, does, do the Japanese wrestlers all know English or like whatever? Yeah. Um, I think that the answer is a lot of those moves are just called in English, right? The, there's the, there's the, you know, the the basics are a universal language. Mm-hmm. But man, watching, I, I saw somebody ask that online, so it was in my head, but watching Omega Osprey, I was like, how on earth do you communicate this? Whether or not it's planned ahead or called on the fly, like this is not like 
drop down to the ropes sleeper hold or whatever this is like they're communicating in paragraphs at some point right i mean this is this is so and it's gotta gotta be complex just a shit ton of trust too right like that's that's the biggest thing about pro wrestling is is like you gotta trust the guy you gotta trust that he's gonna take care of you put you in a safe position so you can continue to match because a lot of, like you said, a lot of these things, like it's impossible to call these in paragraphs, right? Like unless you're just doing full on, full on rehearsals for like hours on end, like you're like it's a Broadway play. And I've I've sat in and and observed a, a million pre-show, you know, warm ups and pre-show routines to know that that just is simply not the case. I mean, they'll run through some of their big spots. Like, there's definitely certain moments where it's like, okay, now's the time to do this thing that we rehearsed in uh, at, at, at before doors opened or whatever. But just the way that those those moves just chain together and the way, I mean, gosh, they're just they're just unbelievable wrestlers. Like, they're both of them. It's hard to it's hard for me to say, oh, Kenny did this and Will did that, and Will did this and Kenny did that. But they're just so just unbelievable as far as the mind and how it works when it comes to creating what I think is that art in that ring. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's impossible to describe to somebody else unless, like, you've seen it up close and personal. Uh, but they're, they're just two just once-in-a-lifetime sort of performers in, the, in, in, in pro wrestling. It's man. true, it's man. Unbelievable. It's true. I mean, you would never know... I mean, there was a point when Kenny was gone for a year and he came back and he was like, does he lost a step, whatever? I mean, not there was not a bit of, you would never think that if you saw this in a vacuum. You would never look back at that. And Kenny, Kenny put more offense on himself. I mean, he leaned in to some of those strikes that Osprey was throwing. I mean, he went so hard in the, like when Kenny, when, when, when Will, when Osprey started ramming his head into the announce table i was just i didn't it's not like i had anything negative to think but like we've seen this so many times before it's not like this is not like poking somebody with the steel steps or like whatever you know this is just this is a this is just a spot for its own sake somehow they made that look more painful than anything i've Mm. ever seen in a wrestling ring the i mean it was so stiff and that was you know that's largely on omega it was it it's just incredible stuff really really this is pro wrestling, or this is this is wrestling. Clap, 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 clap. Brian Waters, what what is there a moment that stood out to you in the match when Don Cows came out there and just mm-hmm. watching that crowd go crazy, uh, and um, just when he jumped and like tried to protect Osprey, mm-hmm. you know, and like uh, you know, I was saying, it just felt like a fight. Yeah, it just felt personal, and then you, even with Osprey, you know, flags. You know, it just kind of reminded me of Shawn Michaels 97 when he took mm-hmm. the flag, the Canadian flag. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely lived up to the hype for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, was this, was this your match of the year so far? I mean, they... To me, it was, it was definitely the AEW pay-per-view of the year. Oh, and, for and, sure. And it's, and it's definitely... I, I, Selfishly, I was sitting there like after doing double or nothing. I'm like, God damn, where was all this? <laughs> when, I was, when I was there, I wish they would have called me for this when, one in Toronto. But <laughs> it's well, I guess we're halfway through the year. I, I mean, this is probably this and and their Wrestle Kingdom match are probably one and two. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. But I, I think it was definitely the best AEW pay per view of the year, and I think it speaks to a larger conversation that maybe we should have. 
just about the the what feels like a renewed energy around AEW, right? Like I feel like, I, and I don't think I'm breaking any news here. I think I obviously have to brawl out, uh, especially the first maybe three months of the year, three four months of the year. Uh, AEW seemed like they were just kind of jogging in place for a while, and sure. I would say, you know, obviously the return of the elite, the return of Kenny Omega doing solo matches, the return of CM Punk. I mean, like mm-hmm. they they've just got a they've got their juice back, and maybe you know it's not fully reflected in 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 ratings or all that shit, but who cares, right? Like I think I think you can just give it the eye test and tell by their energy. It's like okay, this was what made AEW well, pop in last summer. Yes, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ratings are a trailing indicator for the most part, and even yeah. so, they're not particularly informative. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's not like you, the, your ratings show whether or not you had a good wrestling program, right. you know? I mean, right. like whatever. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's this is this was crazy. I I, I mean, you know what? I, by I don't mean to harp on the the the, the runtime too much. I was going to make a joke about how you know if WrestleMania is two nights, Forbidden Door should be three, but the, but it's <laughs> but. I was watching even when the main event started. I was just like, dude, this they should have just done this like a boxing card. They should have just had the two big matches <laughs> and nothing else, you know, yeah. throw in a couple of preliminaries in between or something just to like fill out the time. Yeah. But it, those matches are so, I mean, and obviously I'm talking about Danielson Okada, which could have gone a lot longer had, you know, Danielson been healthy and, and, and this Osprey Omega match. I mean, that was worth the price of admission. That said, and we'll come back around to the main event. Um, there were a lot of other big matches. I mean, there are a lot of other great matches last night. We can run through the card. Um, MJF Tanahashi was, you know, the right way, I think, to start the show. Um, and, you know, wasn't match of the night. Uh, but it was, I mean, it, it was really good. Tanahashi's, you know... Um, He's Japanese Cena, right? Like he's he, such, a, such a perfect baby face. Just always knows how to play the. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's he's that guy. So yeah, I, I and he he's you. older. Well, yes. I mean, he was older by the time that any of us started paying attention to New exactly. Japan, whatever. But like you know, he's his knees are a little shot, and he, you know, he's not not running at a hundred anymore. But that was a really really fun match. It sort of made him a perfect foil for MJF. Yeah. I would say I would say the 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 fact that he is a little uh, a step or two not not as not as you know explosive as he was in his heyday made him the perfect sort of matchup for MJF because he's kind of become 
I know I'm going to say a bad letter, bad word for AEW fans. Uh, Tanahashi's become much more of a sports entertainer in his lat in his latter years, and you know, being able to, you know, and and the fact that the language barrier does not matter when he's in in W in WWE in USA uh, soil. Because yeah. he could tell so much stories with his face and his actions sure. and his uh, uh, that. He started a coward chant, which yeah. you know broke, defied a language barrier. I, <laughs> um, it's you know what's what's particularly compelling about it is that AEW doesn't have a whole lot of Tanahashi's for MJF to to run through, right? right? If like if MJF were were the the up and coming you know golden child, chosen one in WWE, you could you can have there'd be more of a selection for oh, dude, dream you, matches. You, you, I mean, AEW has some of those guys, obviously. Yeah. You know, uh, but you gotta, but they have, you know, you could have a, uh, you know, an epic like Jeff Hardy feud or, you know, there's a million dudes. But it's not the guys that AEW are choosing to position as top guys and because they haven't been around as long, it doesn't have, the, you know, the legacy isn't quite as intact as it would be at a place like WWE. Um, and obviously you don't have like a, you know, MJF versus Cena at WrestleMania. Like you don't have those sort of opportunities, you know? Right. Um, so it was really cool to see those two guys go at it. And I think it really helped MJF, you know, and, and I don't know, I, I can't, I mean, I, I fully, fully enjoyed that match. Um, obviously he's back. Well, and theoretically he's back to his storyline with Adam Cole after this, although Adam Cole didn't work the show because of an injury that has there been any more information on that or was it just, it's had a sickness, sorry, illness, right? Not an injury. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything on that. Now, I, hope, this could, I hope he's all right. It could be as simple as, you know, he popped for COVID or something and we're still taking, you know, we're still monitoring that stuff or, or whatever. So hopefully it's, it's not a big deal. Um, because, you know, I'm really enjoying where that, where that's, where that feud is going, feud storyline, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully we're right back into that. But I think as like a placeholder along the way, man, you could not have asked for a better dance partner than Tana. Um, Did y'all see his Twitter, MJF's Twitter during the match? Yeah, oh, yeah, his, his scheduled tweet? tweet? <laughs> yeah. That's so great. He it's said, so I assume everybody saw this, but he, but he, tw- he had a scheduled tweet that said, I, LOL, I scheduled this tweet because I was, uh, because I knew I would already beat the ace by now or whatever. <laughs> Just incredible. That's great. Tweet. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to figure out how to, how to really optimize social media during, in the midst of a match, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the main accounts putting out gifts of what's going on or whatever, but. Dude, that's that's incredible stuff. That's a great um, use of of you know. Know how many times we we I forgot the old NXT when they were taping it, when mm-hmm. people were like tweeting through their matches and was like, "How are you tweeting when there's somebody's mm-hmm. match going?" That's a great way to do it. That's like, hey, I knew I was gonna whip this guy's ass by now. <laughs> so I just had this <laughs> so even if you had a guy just tweet that for you, like <laughs> as soon as the match is over. Incredible, fun, funny stuff, man. He's a he's a he's a creative guy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love the MJF doesn't care. MJF's you know MJF trying to play like he's above it, and 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 uh, you know obviously he's so invested. That's the I mean they Excalibur was telling that story, or the, all the announcers I guess were telling that story during the match. He acts like he doesn't care. Obviously he knows. You know the, the history of the abdominal of the abdominal stretch. You know like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's the that's the sort of bigger that's the meta storyline too, right? He's going to come out and gloat like he didn't care, but obviously he cared. He cared enough to schedule a tweet, you know, just to get the crowd going. He cared. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to uh, Punk Kojima, uh, what a slobber knocker that was, man! Yeah. yeah, I got. I mean, we start at the beginning. Punk came out, 
knowing he was going to get booed, and boy, did he ever. Toronto just hates CM Punk. Not quite sure if this is a, just, it's Toronto, this is an ironic boo, or if it's just a full-on, like, if that's where, I mean, I guess here's the question. Has the, the far end of the internet wrestling community coalesced around punk hatred are we all punk haters now is that is that what we were hearing in toronto i would think so i I, listen toronto is like one of like four cities in north america that is i would say the heartbeat of what a wrestling fan is thinking i would say new york chicago toronto uh and maybe a, a city or two i'm forgetting right so they'll they'll be a little bit more louder than a, another crowd. So I would say they're playing their part. I would say Toronto is playing their part in leaning into the fact that we don't like CM Punk. And pro wrestling fans, especially AEW fans, are smart enough to know that a boo or a cheer, no matter what, is the same thing as long as it's passionate and it's loud. And as any time, and if you've seen Collision. If you saw Forbidden Door, anytime Punk did anything, it got a John Cena level, Roman Reigns level. I wouldn't say uh, as far as like, you know, the passion is concerned, but like that level of, wow, the, these guys are, it's a controversial, it's a mixed reaction. It's not mixed. They're booing this guy, right? You know what I mean? Well, are- I, I, t- I forgot the, the the words that the announcers were using controversial, divisive, yeah. like whatever, but it was all, I mean, this is John Cena in Chicago. Punk yes. has fully, punk has, punk has, He's has become everything he despised. Yes. Man. He has become the, if you go back, I don't know the exact date, but there is a promo. I want to say before John Cena versus CM <laughs> Punk on Monday night raw for the vacant world title. Oh no, for, for the number one contendership to the world title where Punk pretty much breaks down every single reason why he doesn't like John Cena. And Cena doesn't budge for most of this stuff. But it's not until he says, you've become the New York Yankees, <laughs> that mm-hmm. he fucking loses his shit, right? So I'm, I'm waiting to see what, what that moment is for Punk when somebody cuts into him and says, you've become everything you've despised. You've become, jo- you've become the John Cena of AEW. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably not going to phase him until somebody calls him like, you know, you've become, I don't know, what's the what's the hockey equivalent? The Montreal Canadiens? The, the, I have no the, idea. The Colorado no, Zero idea. I don't know. I have no idea either. But um, I, I think it's great. I think, you know, he's got the juice, man. Like, and I, and I don't want to credit him with everything as far as AEW getting its intrigue back. But, I mean, God, how many times has this dude left, came back, and interesting, and and immediately became the most interesting person on the show, title or no title. He's done it every single time he's been on wrestling somehow. And even though he's not in the title picture, even though he's he he mentioned the elite once in his comeback promo, he draws a reaction every single time. If Punk, if Punk is the new Cena, then who is going to be the the Punk to Punk's Cena? Who MJF? Like eventually it's gonna be MJF, right? Like eventually they're gonna have to circle that wagon and 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 run that back. And MJF is the guy that the fans are dying to cheer. Like they mm-hmm. just want just give us just like MJF has become so good 
fans are just pleading for a reason to cheer this guy. Yeah. And when MJF and CM Punk run it back one of these days, that's going to be it. He's the guy that could go toe-to-toe with him. He's the guy that gave him, but in who, my opinion. But, 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 okay, MJF is young and incredible and could conceivably become absolutely anything. Right. But what made Punk so compelling in Cena is that he was like an evolutionary step. Okay. Right? I mean, he like represented the new, the future of pro wrestling. I don't know mm. if that's MJF for me. Mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll be he that. He might be. He might be. I mean, like he. But if you told me, like it was, you know, if you if we could look into a crystal ball and you're like, oh, it's Darby Allen, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Or it's uh, you buy Darby Allen over MJF. I don't think he's a bigger star. I'm just saying someone that actually feels like something, like like you would that he might when he gets the belt for the first time, you'd be saying that is the that is the like the future of pro wrestling begins now, the way I, that it did when Punk won. I think what makes MJF the future of of pro wrestling in his eyes is um, just his unique ability to involve all the outside aspects to enhance his character that isn't, you know, pro wrestling moves. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what makes that the future. And I think he knows it. I think they touched on it a little bit on their in their feud, which I still think is Punk's best work since he came back, is that he's 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 basically his villain origin story, right? Like, he, he saw a, a post of him on the Wrestling Classic years ago, and it inspired him to become a wrestler. And, like, the fact that they probably, if you're telling kayfabe story, there's no MJF without CM Punk, I think that's the natural evolutionary step. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like More full a, circle. More, more of the full, full circle. circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how much there is to really say about the punk match. It was uh kind of sloppy, kind of disjointed, and absolutely fantastic. Like it had no <laughs> business being as good as it was, and yeah. it was just incredible. Punk was out there, you could tell he was having a good time with it. Uh you could tell, I mean, he was he Oh, uh, did you see collision when he when he hit the big boot and the leg drop? Oh, I was yeah. doing <laughs> doing all this shit. I'm like, oh, this is great. He's all in on this. This is awesome. Oh god, it, it was so good. Just doing the yeah, the hand, the cupped hand to the ear. I mean, yeah. it, it, punk was punk is out there. I don't know, man. It was really good, and that match was so stiff and and and. I mean, I didn't expect that out of Punk when we when I, we did the preview. I was like, maybe we're just looking for a quick Punk win because he's not back at a hundred yet or whatever. That was it was a sick match, man. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a by the numbers CM Punk match with a hot crowd. And a dude who knows how to play crowds like a fiddle, right? Mm-hmm. Like he knows he could go out there, like you know, you ever watch those old college football coaches that like take a piece of the grass and like chew it or like oh, smell yeah. it? And like, hmm, that's punk when he comes out. He's like, oh, they're with me today. They're not with me. All right, cool. We're rolling this way. You know what I mean? And, For and sure. He, and he goes all the way in. Um, I think the punk match was 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 solid. It, it did exactly what it needed to do. But obviously, I think the bigger story here is just the evolution of what punk is going to be like this go around. And mm-hmm. I think we got a little bit more of, hey, you said you said he's kind of like Shawn Michaels in Canada. I think he's the reverse Bret Hart, where he's cheered everywhere. And he's only cheered in Chicago and booed everywhere else, right? So yeah, and the they go to Chicago enough. Where I was gonna say the gonna... only the only problem with this booking strategy is that they're in Chicago like fifty percent of the time. They just announced <laughs> they're gonna be back there for wait, what announced? What, what they're, they're gonna be there for all in, all for, uh, all, for out, all out all out weekend, yeah. And the and the rampage and whatever the dynamite that surrounded or the collision yep. at whatever they're gonna do, you know obviously be there for a while. Yeah, a lot so of they're. Shows. 
So Punk's going to get cheered. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe after Toronto, that Chicago crowd's got to be like, oh, man, we're going to lose our IWC card if we don't start booing this guy. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good match. But I, I also think that um, what makes it a good match is what surrounds it, too, right? Like, I think there was, I think there was such, to me anyway, just such little expectation of, of what this match was going to be that, as long as it, it kept me int- interested and intrigued throughout the night, it was good. I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, for sure. Uh, next match was the four-way for the um, Intercontinental... I mean, God, I keep saying this. International Championship. I just read the word inter. It's not yeah. the problem with the title. The International Championship. I'd predicted a Zack Sabre Jr. win. Uh, I don't think that the Zack, a Zack Sabre Jr. match at Wembley is out of the question, judging by the ending. Oh, yeah. um, but, dude, these four guys, Sabre... Orange, Cassidy, uh, Shibata, and Garcia just put on a clinic out there. Um, Daniel Garcia might be my favorite wrestler right now. Man, he like, leaned into that dancing. Man, he, yeah. knew, he, he knew the <laughs> thing that that match needed was him busting some moves. Yeah. And, and it was great. Love the disregard that Zack Sabre Jr. and Shibata paid him and then just went after him. I mean, that mm. all those segments were really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the, and the, the closing sequence was... I don't want to say by the numbers because it was it super in, it, intense and engaging, um, but you know it, I thought it was just really well done. It was just really logical and smart, and, and they and they they you know put a bow on that thing pretty well. I I thought that the whole thing was really great. Watching Orange Cassidy and Shibata, you know, sitting across from each other and exchanging shots was just you know was a cool moment. I mean, listen, the the match was eleven and a half minutes long. Um. But it felt like more in a good way. You know, they yeah. crammed a lot into that amount of time. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, so Orange Cassidy is going to be walking into Wembley as the champion. Um, but, you know, he's got potential beef with all these guys moving forward. That closing segment with everybody holding their belts or whatever was know, pretty compelling. Um, what do you think we're going to do? What do you think this is going to go? Or talk about the match, whatever you want to say. Uh, I'll say if it wasn't for. Osprey Omega, this would have been my favorite match of the night. Um, I think uh, it's crazy just how, like, back Shibata is, right? Like, he was one of my last favorite, like, New Japan guys, obviously, before uh, his his injury sidelined him for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think they told the story really well about all these guys. In my opinion, it told two stories. One, that, you know, the time is running out in Orange Cassidy. Like, he he is... Now he's just stealing wins, right? Like he's just like, dude, I'm, I'm, I got the, 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 what the K tape on my neck. I got the K tape on my back. My shoulders messed up. All this other stuff. I just got to steal wins. And everybody in there had a title except for the sports entertainer and the entertainer, Daniel Garcia. So I mean, I think they told that story and the story of all right. Well, Daniel Garcia is going to get a title off of one of these guys, right? Or he's going to. They're going to run this back and it's going to be all four titles and maybe a winner take all or something like that. Like, I have no idea where they're going to go next. But, um, man, I think Zack Sabre Jr. also had an incredible sort of stretch of like really just insanely technical submissions that just, you know, in the multi in a multi person match um, just comes off so smoothly and doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like jointed and like your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn sort of stuff. It just looked very, very natural. And uh, Orange Cassidy, man, he's in the running for wrestler of the year. Like, what can you say? Like, the dude has been on an unbelievable tear. 
He's got an unbelievable gimmick. He's over his shit. And he consistently puts out the best or second best match of the night every single night. So, I mean, you know, keep keep your ballots open until the end of the year. Because as much as I want to just hand it to, like, Gunther or somebody or, or Roman Reigns, like, Orange Cassidy is going to come up there and sneak that shit from everybody. <laughs> well, the match like this really goes to show, I mean, one of the most, one of the coolest things about it is you can just see the amount of respect that the other dudes have for Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Right? I mean, that that does more for his resume, I think, than just the wins. You know, it's like putting him in these situations and watching these living legends sort of, you know, go toe to toe with them mm -hmm. and sell for him and go and go in on him and everything else. I mean, it's, it's, I, I agree. I mean, it's a really incredible run by him. Um, and, and I'm not talking about the belt. I don't even know who to run. compare. Like, who do you, who would you compare Orange Cassidy to? Like, if I didn't, like, well, I'm so much about the character. It's, a, it's, a, it's hard to, I don't even know. You mean just in terms of, the whole pa total package, or I like I don't know who to compare him to. That's I've been I've been like racking my brain. I'm like, who does he remind me of? And like, I guess that's a good thing because I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But I mean, like, it's a, it's just a, it's just a combination of just like, <sighs> like, laissez faire Rob Van Dam as far as like mm -hmm. just being like so good, but like just doesn't really give a fuck. But like, then he has like this incredible underdog baby face ability. I was going like to say, I, I was going to say it's, it's, it's Ricky Morton and it's not, not just okay, the cliche okay. tag team. I mean, Ricky, you know, I'm thinking of Ricky's singles run right. against Ric Flair and stuff like that. I mean, it's, okay. it's, you know, orange does sell a ton, right? I mean, that's part of it, but, but it, but it's, but if you sort of replace the, 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 the playing Ricky Morton aspect of Ricky Morton with, with orange is sort of that, that sort of the nonchalant gimmick. Yeah. You know, because, when Ricky would come back house of fire, you know, I mean, people would just go absolutely nuts, you know, and he, yeah. and he, but he would, he could get, he, he could sort of be, and neither of these guys are, or would be called a joke, but he could be, um, joke esque, joke adjacent, uh, to borrow the cheap heat parlance <laughs> through a big portion of the match and still be super vital, super, super believable when he, when he, when the, when the, you know, comeback happens or when the big spot happens because, you're just so invested in them because they're so over, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I don't know. There's probably a better comparison. Orange Cassidy is doing a lot of innovative, a lot of stuff we've never seen before. Again, yeah, if you told me Orange Cassidy so was going to be the punk to see him punk's John Cena, I would, I would believe that. I could see that. I mean, because, shit, he, because he, but he more plainly represents an evolutionary step in pro wrestling, whether or not, you know, the industry follows is a totally different question, but I it's mean, crazy to see Shibata doing like the orange Cassidy kicks and stuff. I mean, it's like the, <laughs> the, the industry is interested in, in, in holding on for a little while. It's wild, man. Like you mentioned, you wouldn't, it wouldn't shock you if orange Cassidy became like the evolutionary to Cena's punk. Right. So, I mean, the fact that he's just hasn't lost any of these matches in a year, is he the guy? Like, I, I, you could make the argument that he's probably the most overdue in the company. And, you know, as far as being a fighting baby face and the nonchalantness and the originality of his character, mm -hmm. he's really is like a one-of-one one dude. I mean, I know I said this years, years ago, probably months ago in the show, that I, I, I could get myself into a Jungle Boy baby face, like, you know, bleeding heart, white meat guy that eventually becomes world champion. And you could tell that great story. But I think they've been quietly telling that story with Orange Cassidy already because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I could see a world where it's MJF versus Cassidy and the All-Atlantic versus 
for the world title and maybe he gets two titles or something like that. Like you gotta, you have to eventually reward him for this insane run he's on. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know if it's a world title run. I don't know if he's the guy who eventually takes on MJF, but you could be, you could do a whole lot worse than having like two of your original guys be two of the most over guys in the company and both have championships. And one of them's on like a legitimate run for wrestler of the year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I I could I could almost see a world where I don't know what's after maybe at all out, maybe after all in. I don't know what's the pay-per-view after that, but like I could see a world. I, I don't know how you don't put Orange Cassidy in a world title scenario by the end of 2023. Like you got you, he that's the I feel like that's the story they've been telling. He's just mm-hmm. been incredible shape, has wrestles damn near every week. Got a brand new title over in record time. Has already having classic matches. Like if you, you well, he got the title over in a way that the previous title holders, which who, some of whom you would rank above him, for sure, for sure, uh, he got it over in a way that they that they weren't able to do to the same degree. For sure, for sure, and and, and with that, like I I think you you usually have to take advantage of that. If you and, can I ask can I have a, can I ask a totally off subject question? Not totally ask, off subject, but sidebar question. Ask away. I like his little caricature T-shirt he was wearing last night, but it always it always you know strikes me as a little odd when Orange Cassidy's wearing merch like the one where it's like the white T-shirt with a photo of him. I'll yeah. grant you that he wears the white shirt now. It's just a. Di- but how much do you think AEW? Do you think AEW is leaving money on the table? Not having just a literal plain white T-shirt that is just that that is <laughs> categorized as Orange Cassidy plain white T-shirt and selling it for thirty bucks, maybe like like I, maybe I, maybe the tag just says Orange Cassidy like but literally nothing else. I mean, if <laughs> if I was working at AEW and I was working a merch shop. Before every single show, I would literally just go to like the corner store down the street from the arena and just buy a shit ton of Haynes white t-shirts and just write on the magic marker, Orange Cassidy merch and just slap it on there. And them shits would fly and I'd sell them for like 40 bucks a pop. Yeah. And I bet you they'd fly. (laughs) Yeah. AW, you can have that one. But that's that's, that's crazy. If not, we're launching the official Orange Cassidy t-shirt website today. That's That's how 50 Cent got rich, man. Took a quarter water, sold on the bottle for two bucks. Coca-Cola came, bought it for feeds. What the fuck? That's what he did. Took a quarter water, sold it for $2. Take a white t-shirt, sell it for 40 You'll yeah. be millionaires, all of you guys, by the end of the week. Or at least maybe if you got, just have him like Orange Cassidy's signature on like the back corner or something. something just like... sell a white t-shirt. Sell a white t-shirt. <laughs> Wrestling fans need more undershirts. I mean, come on. Yeah, they should. <laughs> it helps the mustiness. Um, <laughs> thing is black t-shirts, so it'd be cool to switch it up in the audience too. Right? Yes. One. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unless um, I'm all for I'm all for non-black wrestling merch, not um, black shirts, not black you know people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we can leave that one. Um, I don't want to. We move on. I don't want to downplay Sonata because I thought he looked great, and yes. and you know, if you if he if you had told me if I had been you know in a, in a coma. For that a year, a unit, and you were just bro. like, yeah. If, you, if I come out of the coma and you were like, oh, Sonata's wrestling Jungle Boy now. Sonata's the best wrestler in Japan. Uh, I don't know that I would have disbelieved you. Like, it, like he, you know, they didn't show a ton, but there was a he did, didn't have a lot of opportunity to do it. Mm. It was a ten minute match, but he looked great, man. I love Sonata, love him. Yeah. I think that there were obviously the big takeaway from this match was Jungle Boy turning heel. Yes, 
Yes, yes, um, yes. I'm not going to relitigate the Roosh match, but I think making Jungle Boy look sort of weak uh, has been a has been a theme that I that couldn't Roosh quite wrap really, my. You really, you really no, had no, an no. issue with that match. No, no, but but, but <laughs> Jungle, yes, but Jungle Boy looking weak has been a weird booking decision to me. Yeah. Carry it through to this match when Sonata put him in the little like uh, the human knot or whatever, and then just like play to the crowd for a while. Again, this is wrestling; who cares? But to have mm. Jungle Boy just like like hogtied and ass up for like a minute, you know, unable to extricate his own hands from his yeah. feet, you know, was yeah. a weird choice. But I guess you can say it all leads up to this. I mean, but it was hilarious. One and two, it all leads to this thing where he turns on Hook at the end of the match. Um, theirs was a marriage of convenience, and in pro wrestling, those things are usually. Uh, uh, tools for um, eventual breakups. Yeah. Um, Jungle Boy's already out there like tweeting, you know, F you at wrestlers and stuff. So this is a hell of a heel turn. He's all the way in. Um, I don't know. What do we think? What do we, what's, what's the ceiling on heel Jungle Boy? Uh, as long as it, as long as it gets hook popping again, that's my only thing. That's like, what you're worried I, about? Yes. Yes. Cause at one point, I really thought hook like, We've we had this conversation before. We were like, "Yo, would you take the next like ten years of fill in the blank or the next ten years of Hook?" And like, I think, I think at the time I said I'd, I'd take ten years of Hook. I think that dude has everything. You know what I mean? But he's just you know not really a fully developed character yet. So you give him a friend, you give him some. I people, you're gonna say you not some... a fully developed human being. Okay, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, he might not be done growing. Well, he might, you not, know? might not be both either, right? right. <laughs> like, you know, you see, you see Taz's neck, like he's gonna mm-hmm. grow. So, um. Nah, I think uh yeah, I think the Jungle Boy heel turn is, is interesting because I always thought he'd be like a, a forever baby face. So maybe does this get him and Luchasaurus back? What does Christian think about all this? Like No, there are, I think shit. I think this is I think this is a benefit of the brand split. My guess is that Christian and Luchasaurus chill out on on Saturday nights and, and Jungle Boy will be there on Wednesdays, but who knows? I guess. But uh, at the same time, uh, and, he, and he could still probably still hate him just as a heel. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, I think I'm I'm a big I'm I'm a big believer in Hook and I think after he debuted um there was a whole lot of not striking while the iron was hot and maybe that was because of his youth maybe yeah. because well, he's you know, green too he's I mean still, I think he's still if, super green right if you, if you I don't remember I don't need to do it I'm my brain's fried I don't even remember this conversation but if you asked right. but but if you offered me Hook versus I mean I would take Hook over a lot of folks but yeah. I think that my biggest hesitation with Hook would just be how young and how green he is and that only which is only to say that dude might be, might be doing something else in two years. You know, and like you know, Dom- you know you Dominic Mysterio know. was green about a year ago. I wouldn't have taken. I wouldn't have taken him a year ago. Hell no. And now look at him. Now he could. If we, no, if we it's did, true. If we redid it, our draft, he might be a top three pick, dude. <laughs> but dude, if, if we were looking into the future a year ago, if you looked in the crystal ball, you, I mean, this would have been the shock. This is the shocking result. Right. If, you, if 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 the answer, I mean, if your options were this or Dominic Mysterio, is like is like a, a club promoter in Miami. You would pick club <laughs> promoter in Miami if you had looked up yeah, a year ago. Yeah, yeah, that's facts. That's facts. So but, any, so it's it's just, it's the uncertainty, you know, but, especially with somebody that young and somebody that green. But but you're right. I mean, listen, I'm 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 excited for Hook too. I just think, just talk about Jungle Boy. Mm. This has been one of those things they've just needed for a long time. You know, they need, they just got to get, just got to, there's a little bit of a formality to it. You got to turn him heel, so like you know, so that we're excited when he turns babyface again, and just so there's something, some movement to the character. Right now, it's like, what is? Who is this dude? Who is think- this dude besides like the fourth pillar? And I mean, and and, and like you know, f- a distant fourth pillar. 
Random sidebar, Dave. You can put your press box hat on for this one. Do it. Do you think that Jungle Boy's heel turn and No Wild Thing from the Blackpool Combat Club and Brian Danielson coming out to the final countdown was all because of music licensing rights? Do you think like the right? Do you think the rights might have ran out um, on Jungle Boy's entrance music? And he was like, it. "All right, fuck it." I, I and then Moxley his, came I, out. Always to... hated that theme song for him. Always hated it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I hope that they priced him out of it. I hope that, wait, I if that's what time. happened, then kudos. But I, I mean, I, I just noticed there was just a whole lot of like, you know, either they just had to blow the bag on the final countdown, but like everybody's, you know. Uh, very well. Danielson already said that they're not gonna that they wouldn't run final countdown uh, at at all in because okay. because the rights are I more ima- expensive. Im- yes, I can. The rights are more expensive always- there or something, and and so yeah, this this is definitely part of the. Th- I mean, li- dude, those rights licensing things are no joke. You I know that? Bet. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a reason why Bray didn't come out to the White Rabbit when he made his big return. Those numbers can change real quick. Heel Jungle Boy. Yeah. His his turn at the end was one of my favorite parts of the night because it. And the forbidden door. I mean, I don't even know what the right term to use here is, but it but it broke the it it broke the multiverse. Or, you know, it 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 broke the multiverse a little bit. It made it clear that this was not a a, a parallel universe, right? This yeah. wasn't this 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 every what was happening at Forbidden Door matters for the reality of AEW. Um, and I'll be excited to see what they do on uh, on Dynamite. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it, it. I'm not saying that it's a sure thing with him, you know. I just, I, but I'm, I am definitely intrigued to see what they do, and you know, I was excited to see that happen. Um, uh, we had the elite, uh, Blackpool Combat Club, Tin Man. After that, I mean, we you could. We, this is another one that you could talk about forever because there's so many spots. It was like over. It was what, 25 minutes. Uh, I'm looking now. 21 something. 21 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I mean, a bajillion things happened in this match, including Moxley hitting a uh, uh, a cutter <laughs> on Eddie Kingston. Um, uh, you got to go through a lot on the checklist before you get to that. Yeah, um, Hangman was obviously booked as the as the white meat baby face, white hot white meat baby face. Had a bunch of big moments in the match, um, but man, you could there you could not. You could not pray for someone to come out of a 10-man match looking better than Takeshita did coming out of that match. I mean, he was the star, full stop. And what a match by that dude. He is... I mean, anytime I see, like, these up-and-coming, like, uh, New Japan guys, like, I always sort of unfairly... and And this is to my own, like, ignorance of, like my full knowledge of Japanese guys, uh, New Japan stars. I always unfairly compare them to Shinsuke Nakamura, right? <laughs> like, because I just, he was, the, to me, him and Bullet Club were the people who brought me in. Like, I always had an, an awareness of New Japan pro wrestling and, 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 and all that, but it was like, the buzz Shinsuke had before coming to WWE is unlike you know, anything we'll probably see for a long time just because of the way the wrestling business has, has went since then. Shinsuke was as hot as anybody in the world when he was when he was coming up. Like, he was, I think he was in the Pharrell video and shit like that. So anytime, like, I see these dudes coming up, I always unfairly compare it to them when everyone's like, yo, you got to see this guy. He's really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 
a lot of that has to do with some character development. But I think in the ring, as as far as like all that has gone and, and being paired with the Blackpool Combat Club, I always just harken back to their original vision for what the BCC was going to be. And I was going to be like, we're going to take these young guys that we believe are going to be the future of this industry and we're just going to like harden them into fucking diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, we're seeing it with Wheeler Yuta. Like, he's already had some moments now where it's like, all right, like, Wheeler Yuta is, is, is one of the dudes now in this company. And I'm seeing that happen for Takeshita too. Like, he's already had some big-time matches. He's had some big-time moments and part of some big, big, uh, you know, angles that have shaped where a big part of the country go, a country, big part of the company goes. Um, but last night he probably had his best showing and it was with a, a, a shit ton of other people in the match. Right. So I'm with you on that, Dave. I think a lot of times, you know, we look for these big one-on-one spot fest for somebody's coming out party. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, because of how BCC gets to be built, um, it's always going to be focused on the new dude, the, the younger dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think he played his role perfectly. I think he came out looking like an absolute stud. And uh, I want to see more of them together now. You know what I mean? Like, even if, you know, he still goes back to New Japan after Forbidden Door is done, like, now they have... And even when he goes back, they, they Ooh, have Takeshita? That. I mean, he's not going back. I'm sorry. He's, no, no, no. He's, 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 he's here. He's, he's here. here. So, yeah, no, I mean, like... Coming a DDT. He's a DDT guy anyway. But, yeah, but you're right. I mean, he's... he's um, it, I mean, he looks... I mean, Ishii's selling so much for him. That that yeah. forearm when he just, like, not, like knocked Ishii out, I still don't quite believe there was that wasn't real. <laughs> it looks so freaking yeah. good, man. I mean, and, and you mentioned Wheeler Yuta. I mean, no offense to the dude, but, like, the match ending with Ishii... P- pinning Yuta was the yeah. most non-finish finish that yeah. they could possibly have come up with. You yeah. know, I mean, like that, like there is literally nothing Zero different. consequence. No. Yeah. Th- which, that which and a Schmoz finish. Which is my only gripe going into this. Uh, well, we got blood and, We got blood and guts coming up and I'm guessing this is going to be the angle, right? Some, I mean, obviously minus uh, m- the New Japan components or whatever. And I don't know what they're going to do without Danielson, but, you know, Omega, Hangman and the Bucks, uh, Maybe I mean maybe Eddie Kingston flops mm. back to the Combat Club now because they <laughs> there's an open spot. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I love it, man. Every time that when when he and 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 Claudio finally finally made contact, I was a little bit worried. <laughs> I got to admit, I was like, <laughs> how much do these, do these guys still really hate each other? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that I mean, what a great match. There's nobody that works like Eddie Kingston. There is nobody that works like him. What yeah. a fucking star that guy is, fuckers man. love him, bro. Love him. Love I know. Him, love him. I know. I mean, he's an interesting one, too. Um, so weird, man. It's so weird that he wasn't an original, that he talked his way into the job, and now he's like the heart and soul of the company. I mean, what a fucking story. But I, it, I mean, he's he's in that Orange Cassidy camp as well. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, what could you... organically over, and like, no matter what, and, what he does. And maybe over in a way that like blows up your booking plans at every moment that he's on the screen you have to be watching going he's gonna man. have a mick foley run one day right like he's gonna I mean, have this a moment is the mick foley run oh you yeah. mean like to the championship to the championship yeah like he's gonna have a moment where it's like fuck yeah. it let's just put the title on eddie kingston <laughs> you know what i mean like but like every time he's out there you gotta be thinking that right i mean it's just like what's the like well why not yeah yeah why not got, because mjf is so hated you just always think about okay, what's the biggest? Who's the who? Who would garner the biggest reaction for finally 
shutting this dude up. Hmm. And you know what I mean? So it's like Cassidy and Kingston are right there. They're, they are definitely in the, in the mode of, you know, people who can carry, you know, promos with this guy and bounce off of him for, for completely opposite reasons. One, I think Eddie Kingston and MJF could probably, you know, shit talk and badmouth each other better than any two human beings probably can talk less to professional wrestlers. And Orange Cassidy is so not going to buy into the bullshit of MJF that that might just frustrate him even more. You know what I mean? Like he's done with everybody. So, um, yeah, I feel you on Eddie Kingston, man. And, and, he's, and he's a New Yorker. So I, I just always love to see more New Yorkers get love in the wrestling industry. And, oh, um, God. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a Mick Foley run in there somewhere, though. I don't know when it happens. But, like, it's going to be one of those. They're putting the, like, would, would it be some shit? If like <laughs> one day, nah, it'll never happen. Obviously, Corey Graves is like, yeah, they're putting the title on Eddie Kingston tonight, huh? Mm-hmm. That'll put some butts in the seats. <laughs> I like, actually, I think it would put some butts in the seats. Tony Giovanni would have to do something. You'd have, have to, to something. reference that. They gotta do that one day. Mm-hmm. They have to. Have oh to. Oh my god! If he does it on Collision or something like that, or like a tape dynamite. <laughs> Um, we, dude, we've been doing this for an hour. We got to get out of here. Uh, we talked about Osprey uh, Omega enough. Um, the Suzuki Gods versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Naito. Uh, uh, that's already spin. That's already gonna parlay into another match with Sting and Darby versus uh, Jericho and Sammy, um, which is you know great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoyed that match a lot. And then we talked a little bit about the main event. It was you know it was weird to watch in real time. The, the ending was so shocking. Uh, uh, Okada never loses via submission. Certainly wouldn't expect it to be like a modified sort of make good submission move. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, would have been super interesting if the match had been 10 minutes longer and there wasn't the you know, injury coming out of it. Um, part but, of I, wonders- I, but I do think Danielson needed a big win, though. An, 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 an well, you said that before the show. Yeah. I mean, I said afterwards, I mean, I said at the same time, like, I just, it just felt like, like, and just such an easy bargaining chip. You act like you're not going to let Danielson win if you're Tony Khan. I mean, let, let him lose if you're Tony Khan, but you're totally willing to give that up to get like a bunch of other wins on the card or something, right. you know? Um, that's why, that's what was surprising about it to me. I, part of me wonders if they didn't just call it on the fly and have Danielson go over just to make, j- just to guarantee they'd get the rematch, you know? Like just, you know, the, the two It's hard the to get a guys. rematch with a tap out though. Like a tap out's pretty definitive. Well, yeah, but but in real life, outside, yeah. I mean, outside of, I'm not talking about in kayfabe, but in <laughs> yes. real life, if they're just like shit, we're not gonna we're not gonna get to ma- have the match that we both dreamed of, then maybe Danielson stealing a win makes Ghetto like you know demand the rematch so that Okada can win, and then yeah. these two guys get to go again when, and when they, and they do the healthy. real fucking classic that they want to do in in Japan yeah. or some shit like that. Yeah, Tokyo exactly. Dome. And that's uh, always been that's all, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that was. Danielson's real dream here. It wasn't necessarily just wrestling Okada, but it was wrestling uh, Okada in the Tokyo Dome. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe that was the bargain. They was like, hey, you get this win here, and then they run it back in, in Tokyo with, like, tens of thousands of folks and really put on, like, the 60-minute fucking masterpiece that we're all kind of waiting for, kind of expecting. Go, Brian? I was going to say, especially since he, um, you know, broke his... Uh, Fractures for his arm. Yeah. He wants that rematch. He said, like, he has to do it. Just the way he did his media scrum, he, like, stays in character, but it's, like, a lot of realism to it as well. Just saying when he watched the money fall and it just 
brought him back to a place when he was growing up poor and it just mm-hmm. made him want to kick Okada's ass. And that, like, <laughs> right there, like, made me appreciate the match even more when I went to go back and watch it for a second time. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it was... <laughs> It was a lot of fun while it lasted. I hope they, I hope these guys get to run it back. That would make a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, we would line up for it time after time after time. That should be their gimmick. They should just keep having like 10-minute matches with like problems that make them go, you know, just the total tease, the total tease feud. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> what if that's their shit? What if they're just like, yo, we could just put on classics in 10 minutes and that's what we do every time. We don't need an hour and a half. We're just going to go in there and just had the most badass 10 minute match. I mean, it was a long ass match. It was like half an hour. I mean, in my mind, it was like 10 minutes long because I'm just like thinking of that last stanza of it or whatever. That's but be, yeah, that should be our, this, this should be our, 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 our this week's Twitter question. Like, you know how last week we did a, uh, you know, who was a problem? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, oh, no, we're, we're moving on that, but dude, by the way. Uh, oh, that is, yeah, that is moving a lot. Um, <laughs> I think this week's question should be who is the best short match wrestler? In history, like who's the guy who can get it? The who has the most classics or who have the best matches in ten minutes or less? Like we know with all the guys that can have like hour long classics and and you can know, I pick the ultimate warrior? You can, you can. Goldberg, uh, your guy Goldberg. I, I, I was gonna say it's gotta be Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. Is no, Brock is probably the answer. Brock, Brock is probably the answer in the terms answer. of like star rating. But it's a good question. Who else? Yeah. Who are the other sneaky? Short match wrestler guys. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't remember The Rock really having a whole shit ton of marathon matches. He's had a couple, but you know, I seen him get it done in like ten minutes, and it's like a great match. Is, is Hulk Hogan in there? He didn't really have yeah, long matches that. like that. Like is more he than ten minutes, right? You're not working yeah. ten minutes in the main. Maybe I, I mean, I don't a, know. Like, I have to go back and look. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you could put the somebody way better and more more skilled than me can do this, but whoever could go and. Get a clock to those those cruise rate classics and old WCW that were like just oh yeah ten minutes just blitzes of just great wrestling. Mm-hmm. Find one of those like is it Juventud Guerrero like is it Ultimo Dragon who's the best like TV wrestler? Yeah, yeah I mean, just give me ten minutes. Ricochet is Ricochet in there? Maybe I don't no, know. Who I don't knows? know. We'll see. Um, it's a good question though. We'll look into it. We will look into it. Yeah. I'm um, with Brock on that one though. That's my that's my pick. <laughs> I'm rolling. You know what I can't wait for coming out of this main event? Uh, I hope Danielson, when he comes back, comes back with the Iron Mike Sharp style, like <laughs> wrist guard or the or the Lex Luger cast. Yeah. You know, like whatever. I think that Danielson working heel with some with like a cast that he can like rake people's like eyes Cowboy with Bob would Orton just be yeah, Cowboy Bob Orton. That's the right one. <laughs> uh, but just someone he can just like mess around with it would be so fun. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so weird ending, but overall, just a freaking incredible night of wrestling. Um, is there anything outside of AEW Forbidden Door that we need to talk about, Brian? Um, I was going to say, did y'all want to talk about those problems on Twitter? What? People, the, did you want to like, respond problem? to some of the text? Yo, no, Brian's so... already making problem videos, but there's some good ones <laughs> out there. Great. That's going to be great. I mean, I think uh, from just my mentions, I think D'Lo Brown was D'Lo the Brown most was beloved. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the most beloved person on my timeline. He was one of my favorite wrestlers, man. Uh, who, who didn't fucking love D'Lo Brown? He was a double champ at one point. Motherfucker was cooking. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I saw some power and glory in there as well. <laughs> uh, Ludwig Borga was in there. <laughs> yeah. Ludwig Borga was a problem for a lot of reasons. I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure it was in the ring. Uh, I think I saw the yeah. Killer Bees. What? Okay, okay. The killer, the killer bees. bees? The killer bees yeah. were a problem. 
Yeah, there was some too cold Scorpio yeah, I know in who there. Was a problem though. Ahmed Johnson was who? Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Your oh, guy. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's your man's. That's your man's, yo. We I want you get... to. You're working on this stuff, Brian. Go try to put together a try to put together a get 45 a second highlight tape. Beef, beefcake highlight tape. Gosh, <laughs> convince me. Show me. Show me the 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 mat technician in the wizardry in, in <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake. That makes him a problem, and I'd love to see it, man. I would love to. We got to get D'Lo Brown on the show. I don't know if D'Lo listens to the show, but you have a ton of fans here. We'll reach out. He's still, with, he's still with Impact, right? Still he's Impact, working yeah. yeah. We got to get D'Lo on the show. Man. Oh, man. Somebody put Dino Bravo, and I just watched his Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, Dino, Bra- Dino Bravo is the reason why I know where my sternum is. Because of Bra- <laughs> and Wrestling with Shadows. I learned, yeah. I, learned, I, learned, I learned so many parts of my anatomy because of Bret Hart. I'm like, sternum? It's like, yeah, it's right here. And it was like Dino Bravo busted it on a, on a live event in a house show when he fell into a steel uh, guardrail. And I was like, oh, that's where my sternum is. I learned something today. I was like five. And I knew what a sternum Oof. was. <laughs> Remember Dino did those push-ups with earthquakes sitting on his back? He was a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. he definitely was. That's a massive... Also a problem for, you know, the illegal cigarette trade in Canada. Oh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're here all week, folks. Here we got to get here. We will be back on Thursday, I think. Um, uh, Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? Yes, I will be hosting the Money in the Bank post show on Peacock. Special Whoa. episode of The Bump. That's right. It'll be myself, uh, Ryan Popola, uh, Matt Camp. Uh, as soon as Money in the Bank is over, we will be on Peacock uh, talking about it all. We'll be interviewing some people. We'll be live reacting. It's going to be great. Check that out. Also, you know how to find me. Say lesser Kaz and Low Key and Rosie. Uh, count it on Points Bet app and uh, right here on the Mass Man Show, baby. You know what time it is. Uh, you can find oh my me- gosh, I'm sorry. And the Ultimate Show. New episode of the Ultimate Show, Ultimate Money in the Bank, debuts before Money in the Bank. So you're getting twice the Kaz on Peacock this weekend. Uh, you know, if, if you're into that sort of stuff. It's going to be great. I like that. Twice the Kaz. That like twice absurd. the Kaz. Twice the fun. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> uh, you can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Be sure to listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. This one, Cheap Heat, Wednesday Worldwide, featuring the one and only Brian Waters. Um, thank you, Brian, for producing this episode of the show. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. I love Doc Cutter, man. I loved all those exchanges. God, he, would, he and Eddie beat the crap out of each other. Um, anyway, apologies, as always, to Johnny Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids. Peace.